Hey everybody, it is episode 108 of Adobe and Teardrops, the second one this week. We'll see how long I can keep this going, but I'm enjoying it, and hopefully you are too. So, you know, not too many updates. I'm going to include another online festival link in the show notes, because there's plenty of live streamed music going on. We had the opportunity to catch Micah open for... Frank Turner last week, and that was really fun and somehow like very comforting. So if you haven't had a chance to live stream a show, I think it's it's good. 10 out of 10 would do again, most likely will do again. So with that being said, let's get into some music. And then at the end of the show, I've got an interview that I'm very excited about. I think it has some wisdom in it that we all need to hear right now. First up though, I've got Liz Longley with Three Crow from her upcoming album, Funeral for My Past. The album doesn't have a release date yet, but this song's making me very excited for it. Uh, When Longley split amicably with her record label, she launched a Kickstarter to buy the rights to this album and then also to get a budget to promote it. And she raised $150,000, tens of thousands of dollars above her original goal. And she became the fourth most funded female musician on Kickstarter history. So, without further ado, check out Three Crow by Liz Longley and see why she has such a devoted fan base. Is on my hands, how you reeled me 
Now the trap is sprung I can't find my house anymore I have my fun I'll stay beyond your door Did you find my favorite bowl? Left it near the fireplace By the potted plants and frames Watch the embers glow Let myself dissolve amongst the flames I see the birds now I see the trees I see the river, I feel the breeze Love's a heavy load For a boy who likes to travel light on little wings Too many nights upon the road Many days of praising bridal gowns and wedding rings. I want to see the sea. I want to feel the sand between my toes. I need to make more time for me. I ought to buy myself some better clothes. I see the birds now I see the trees I see the rock, I see the river I feel the
She believes in face cream at the Walgreens and ruby red lips. She take a vodka over dessert. Sugar goes straight to your hips. She don't smoke cigarettes 'cause it ain't ladylike. She'll cuss like a sailor. She ain't afraid to fight. She mows her own lawn and talks on her landline. She's got a granddaughter, still single. Can't say she's surprised. Eats sardines by the can and berries from a vine. Be careful with the truth, girl, but don't you ever lie and stay off the pills. Forget on the pill if you. Start a family and pay all your bills, but give some away. All that money won't make you happy. Make good love, good company, drink good wine, make good coffee, keep your chin up. But every once in a while, have a good cry. We'll go on and make a good living, girl. Don't forget. Make a good life. She says all men are babies, and that's just how they roll. They'll drive you crazy like a run in your hose. One day you might want one. Make sure he's your best friend, 'cause if he can make you laugh. I just make it to the end. Stay off the pills, but get on the pill if you ain't ready to start a family and pay all your bills. But give some away, all that money won't make you happy. Make good love, good company, drink good wine, raise good babies, keep your chin up. Nothing wrong with making a good wife. Go on and make a good living, girl. Don't forget to make a good life. Good that you ain't gotta 
After Wiz Longley, you heard Floyd Thursby with Cupid Calls It Quits. Patreon listeners, you also heard The Day My Best Friend Died. Both of those songs were from his album To Those in Flames. Floyd Thursby is not his real name. It's actually Melbourne-based film composer Paul Gillet. He got his start in music by uh, composing pieces to accompany silent films, which sounds super awesome. After that was Haley Witters with Janice at the Hotel Bar from her new album, The Dream. And Patreon listeners, you also heard Loose Strings. I played some of her music a couple months ago. 
Uh, so her voice might sound familiar to you. The dream, the first six or so songs are from that EP of hers I played back in like the fall. And then there are like six new songs on the dream that are somehow even better. And if you haven't had a chance yet, check out her song, 10 Year Town, about how crappy Nashville can be. Uh, I think a lot of people in a lot of towns and industries can sympathize with it. Coming up next, we've got Alicia Blue. She's an LA-based singer-songwriter whose song, Passing, I featured, I think, last year. That song was about how Alicia is a, to use her words, white, quote-unquote, passing Latina woman, and about the experiences of all those microaggressions she does here. But now we've got her first album, I think, and the single off of it is Queen of Echo Park with another artist I've had on here, Lauren Ruth Ward. Patreon listeners, you also get to check out Blindspot. Don't stop. She's electricity every time we meet. I'm a raised up Lazarus, a Bethany. I'm alive. And when the saints go marching, it's to her home. She serves them sweet potatoes with tiny silver spoons. She's every lotus that made it to the top this June. She's a star. Shall 
safety isn't getting any further away I found a nice house in the bay We could go there, but there's fire and earthquakes
After Alicia Blue, you heard Boy Scouts with expiration date. Patreon subscribers, you got Momentary Love. Both were from Free Company. The album came out like in August, but it kind of just came back to my attention. Boy Scouts is the project of Oakland-based singer-songwriter Taylor Vick. The album is just like this really fascinating blend of punk and jazz. It's pretty mellow, so I think if you're looking for some chill music, this is what you need right now. After that was not chill music, it was Warriors with End of the World. And then uh, Patreon listeners also got to hear Chicago-style Pizza is Terrible from their brand new album, You or Someone You Know. So I did pick out the song recently, End of the World, but it kind of feels super urgent. I don't want to be a bummer, but I feel like what I've really drawn from the Warriors from you know, the past four years or so is just like the sense of defiance and comfort in defiance. So that's what I got from that song. Uh, something I've noticed about this new album is that like it has like a much bigger sort of like arena rock song for the first half of the album because they had the budget to do it. So they kind of went for it. But the second half after Chicago style pizza, it kind of sounds more like their previous music. So I'm looking forward to spending time with the record and getting used to it. I supposed to see them open up for Brian Fallon on the 31st. Obviously, that's not going to happen for a while. So I'm bummed, but it also means I get to learn the songs from both of their albums, and I'll get to sing along when the show does finally get postponed. Coming up next, I've got Gus Miller with Perfect Fool. Gus is a 26-year-old Austin-based guitar slinger, and he's just known that this is what he's wanted to do since he was a preteen. So he got himself to Austin when he was 18 and was like sort of taking classes at UT, but really he was just tearing up stages all over Austin. So now he's releasing his self-titled EP, Gus Miller, and I just love the beautiful warm country stylings. So enjoy. Well, I don't think that she still loves me. The fact that I she ever did. She just likes to push and shove me Until I got no more to give And all the all might think I'm crazy But that's just how she makes me feel I'm losing my mind on the daily one I'm smoking my brain hazy Until none of this is real But loving her at first was easy else to do But then the harder that she squeezed me Oh man, the more the I turned blue well, I wish she was a cheater Anything to make me right Cause every time I try to leave her I keep finding ways to need her And it's killing me inside
don't need to say she's sorry Cause we both know that that ain't true Yeah, she can even blame it on me And I will play the perfect fool
station when I turn on the light I don't wanna go until it's all perfect right Started like this, ended like that Bouncing up and down like an acrobat Body in the ball, finger in the pie I don't wanna go until the river runs dry In the middle of that set was Tyler Sears Band with Angels of Providence. The Saskatoon-based band draws on a number of influences, and Sears has been writing a song a day for the past 20 years. But you can hear all of that in Angels of Providence. I kind of liked that little like Cajun-style shuffle, and also that it has like a kind of 90s alt-rock sensibility. I thought it was just like really unique. After that, you heard Shane Nicholson with Famous Last Words. He's an Australian country singer, and I learned about him through a fantastic podcast called Country Down Under, which also happens to be pretty queer. So apparently in Australia, you cannot, um, like, sample music. So the hosts uh, just have, like, this kind of unique challenge of talking about an Australian country singer for, like, an hour, but without being able to play any of their music. And to be honest, I'm having so much fun just like hearing their conversations. I'm friend with I'm friends with a uh, Tamlin on uh, Twitter. I haven't really been talking as much to the other host, and now I'm blanking on her name. Um, that like they do have Spotify playlists with the music of each artist, but I haven't even listened to most of them because I just enjoy hearing the two of them like talk about the music and how it made them feel. <laughs> uh, so eventually, we're going to do a crossover episode. But for now, I'll be playing like the music who, that I have listened to and enjoyed. So the Shane Nicholson song, Famous Last Words, from his album Bad Machines, uh, I had to take the audio from a music video, so I tried to get the background noise in the beginning out as much as I could. But sorry if the beginning was a little bit startling. All right, so 
before we head into our interview, just want to remind you that all of the earnings from this month's podcast are going to go to Tornado Relief in Nashville, because on top of everything else, the city is still trying to rebuild the eastern and northern neighborhoods. If So that means if you subscribe to my Patreon right now, that money is going to go to Relief. If you send me something by Kofi, I'm going to put, send it over there. If you send me a song through SubmitHub and pay to do so, that money is also going to go to Nashville Relief. You can also send me a song through SubmitHub and not pay anything, because I want to hear your music no matter what. The links to all of that are below. Also, if you have been subscribing and do have some extra cash, you can join me in fighting back against ICE and freeing 20 detainees or even more from American concentration camps by clicking in the link in the show notes. I've already raised about $1,100. My personal goal is $1,800. And if everyone listening and everyone following me on Twitter donated $18, we would get way past that goal. The money is to bond people out, especially now that the virus is spreading in detention centers rapidly. Uh, ICE is just trying to deport people as quickly as possible or put them on lockdown. So I know you might be frustrated with a week at home, but we got to get people out of detention and back to where they belong in their homes in America. So without further ado, let's get to my interview with Mita from the legendary Ingramets. They're, this is like a second generation, almost gospel group. Right now it's a trio. Uh, Mita talks about her experiences growing up and singing gospel with her mom and her siblings. And I think something that's really important and links back to what I just said about raising money is uh, that something that she said over and over about her mom is that they had all these intersections of the civil rights movement but for her mom, it wasn't about politics. It was about just doing the right thing. And so, again, I urge you to do the right thing and help bring somebody home. Uh, Mita is also a preacher of her own and recently founded her own church. So there's also some really important words of wisdom in this interview that I needed and that I know you all need. I also want to pull up an email she sent me when I thanked her for her time. She had some parting words. She wrote, take care and know that, quote unquote, the work of the creator cannot be undone. We're all in God's care. So whether or not you believe, hopefully that brings a little piece of comfort. I'm going to start with the song Grandma's Hands, which we talk about in the interview. And then after the interview, I'll play I've Endured, which we also talk about a little bit. And all of that is from the legendary Ingramette's new album, Take a Look in the Book.
she'd say Baby grandma understand That you really, really love that man Put your son in Jesus' hands Hey, my grandma I was thinking just the other day A precious memory came away much for joining me tonight. I know you must have a lot going on. Well, it's all good. It's all wonderful. And a wonderful new experience for us. So <laughs> that's a good spin great. to have on it. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, so this is probably not how you are planning on releasing your album. <laughs> well, we and, and, and I'll tell you, um, we really decided <clears throat> that we should move forward with it. Uh, this is actually the first time that um, uh, we're using uh, the social media platform because now you, you realize w we were considered old school. And 
<laughs> having having been at this for six, you know, for over six decades, um, this is this is all exciting and and new to us to be able to. Uh, we're reaching a, a another generation. Um, in addition to the the folks that have followed us uh, for so many years, uh, we get now to to reach a, a millennial generation uh, that's even composed of our grandchildren, and. Um, so this is, uh, it's, a, it, it's actually a, a wonderful experience for us. And uh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to be doing uh, this CD release in this way. Have you had your grandchildren running tech support for you? Oh, absolutely. Listen, uh, <laughs> uh, guys, are my, my grandsons, I have five grandsons, and uh, they are all just, even down to the, the, the youngest one, who is about 14, they are all just technically savvy here, so <laughs> it, it's 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 been wonderful to see them teach grandma how to do this and how to do that. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yes, and my other wife, I am a, an academic advisor, and most of us are about the same age. But definitely, some people have more of a learning curve with getting online, our classes mm -hmm. online, than oh, others. Oh my goodness. Um. Yeah, so actually that was a question I was going to save to the end, but maybe we should talk about it now. Um, sure. So the legendary Ingramets have been performing for a long time. I understood, Stan, that your mother began the group. Um, actually, maybe let's just start with talking about that. Uh, I was reading from the bio that your mother taught you and your siblings to sing, so in part you could perform with her on tour. Um, did I understand that correctly? You did. You did understand that correctly. Well, and and not so much uh, just so we could uh, perform with her. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, but but the group, you know, born out of born out of the necessity to keep our family together. Uh, my mom born in 1930 on a cotton plantation in Coffee County, Georgia, Mulholland's uh, cotton plantation. Uh, there and um, she met uh, at the age of 16 met and married my dad um, he had people living in Miami and so he moved the family to Miami where he worked there um, he was uh, the lawn care person for the old Orange Bowl Stadium we spent a lot of Saturdays sitting out there in his car watching him cut the grass and this <laughs> is the time of riding lawnmowers uh, watching him cut the grass and the hedges out there so uh, my mom was a domestic. Uh, she cleaned people's houses. That's That really was all she was trained to do. And uh, one morning, uh, she's now like 27 with five kids. Uh, one morning, my dad goes to work and does not come back home. And um, she's she's asking God, you know, what am I, what am I going to do? How am I going to care for my kids? We've got family members who want to split the family up because uh, my mom being so young, they feel like, you know, you'll have a chance at life, but you got so many kids, you know, nobody else is going to really want to take a shot at it. So, you know, being your husband um, and she's asking God, listen, I, I got to keep my family together. We heard her praying as little kids and just, you know, crying and listen, I, I don't want to separate my kids. And she, she and I talked about it. She, she said to me, God said to her, what do you have? Uh, she said, I, what do you mean, what do I have? I only have these five kids. And God said to her, well, what you have is more important than what you don't have. Hmm. And 
what she did from that moment on, she gathered us in the house. She knew how to sing and she knew how to teach singing. She never educated in any of this um, third grade education. I remember wanting to go outside and, 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 and play jump rope and, you know, uh, Jack rocks with my hopscotch and everything with my friends outside. And we're sitting in the house in a circle. She's sitting in the middle of us, beating time with a stick from a, from a tree so that we learn how to sing in time and teaching us to sing our different voices. And that is how the Ingramettes began, uh, so, that, so that our family would stay together. Yeah, I heard the term recently or learned it, uh, blood harmony. The idea that people who grew up singing together have this sort of uncanny way of <laughs> harmonizing. <laughs> well, she taught it. She taught all of us. And um, uh, listen, we took to it like like little ducks in, in water. With, but um, it was my sister and I, two girls and three boys, my three brothers. And that was the original uh, Ingramettes. And um, from, there, from there on, we did. We began singing at, at churches and you know, um, nursing homes and wherever we were invited to, uh, to go and sing. And um, in 1961, uh, she once again heard from the Lord to come to Richmond, Virginia, to leave where she was. We, we had no family here in Richmond. We're, we've been here now since 1961. We knew nobody here. We had no family here. And everybody thought she was crazy for loading up five kids in the car and driving to Richmond, Virginia. But once again, uh, that was a voice that she heard from God, and she followed that voice. And since we've been here, you know, just wonderful things have happened for us. And you're still in Richmond? Still in Richmond, yes. Uh, <laughs> matter of fact, all, all five of the little children she rolled in here with in 1961, we still live here. Um, and uh, the group is, is still based out of Richmond here, yes. What are some of your earliest memories with singing? Do you remember how you felt about it as a kid? You mentioned you wanted to, there are times when you wanted to go. Well, to play. well yes, I did. But I, I, yeah. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I really took to it. I, mm -hmm. I took to it more so than even the others uh, because it was something that I could do and it was something I, I, I turned out to love it. I, I turned out to love it and to work very, to work very hard at it. Um, I, I always loved to, to listen to different uh, kinds of music, even when we weren't allowed to, you know, no rock and roll in the house, no, because <laughs> she's very, she's very strict, my mom, she, she's a preacher, and then her mom's a preacher, and then, uh, you know, so we had this, this strict upbringing, but I loved listening to the harmonies that, that, you know, that came out of other genres of music. I'll be just kind and say that. Um, other genres of music. I'm always <laughs> listening to the harmonies. So, um, and then being on stage, I can't ever remember being afraid to go on stage with my mom. Never. Not even at a young age, when we were five and six years old. I just, you know, stand right up there by her and, and, and sing. So it just felt so natural to you. It really did. It, it really did. And you also mentioned that both your mother and grandmother were preachers. Mm -hmm. And you are too, right? I am too, I know. <laughs> and, and you're talking to somebody that said, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> How did that happen? And listen, because this is, this is too restricting. This is too, but uh, for me, I, I really believe it, it, it was a natural outgrowth of, of our singing ministry. Mm. Uh, it, the singing ministry has been uh, about so much more than the singing. Uh, 
um, all of uh, people have uh, celebrated my mom for um, her work with uh, social justice and all of those type things. She never started out to, to do any of that. She, she just started out to want to sing and, um, you know, to, to serve God in that way. But um, even we, we partnered with one of the churches here um, early on in, in the 70s. And uh, we went out to the prison to sing. And, and while we were there at the prison, one of the inmates, uh, as we were leaving, he, he said, listen, my wife, I have a wife and two little kids. And I, I would love to see them, but they don't have transportation to get out here. So maybe the next time you come and sing, could you, could you bring my wife and kids? And, and to my mom, it, it just seemed the right thing to do. It wasn't about trying to, to make any kind of statement or social justice or prison reform. It was just about, listen, I'm going out there to sing and, and why can't I just offer his wife and two kids a ride and they can come along with me. And we, as we share the gospel to the prisoners, we can share it to their families. And so a, a lot of the things that we've done, um, the, the, the extension of, of singing and and to me that I really believe that's where I, I got the heart for ministry and then I got the call I first had a heart to do it and then I got a call from from God that says listen I need you to do more singing's fine but I need you to do more it was just a, a, a for me a natural outgrowth of the singing ministry that we had because it's always been about serving God and serving humanity being a blessing serving God and being a blessing to humanity, so much more than just singing a song for them, but somehow to make their lives better because they've passed our way. Do you remember when you first understood that, that, um, because you started performing when you were very young, that it wasn't simply yes. about singing, that it had, uh, and, and that it was ministry. That didn't come, I, I understand, you're right. Yeah. That, that really didn't come until my early 20s. I would say my early 20s is when I, I actually realized what this was, was all about. That it was, because, you know, like you said, when, when we first started doing this, this is to keep food on the table. This is to keep the family together. This is to, you know, for, for us kids. But for my mom, it, it, it was always, even though she needed help, even though she needed help, uh, you know, it was, it, it was about helping someone else. And to always have that thought in mind that, you know, if you, you can't just think about yourself, you, you've got to be concerned about others as well. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny that uh, social justice and doing the right thing are usually the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm just trying to think of like where else we can go no, here. No I, um, as long as I got you. Yeah, could, um, I know you have some more secular songs on uh, your current album. Yes. Uh, sorry, take a look in the book, which definitely has like a more, uh, you know, religious or a title mm -hmm. with a lot of religious connotation, but that's not necessarily the full content of the album. Um, so I was wondering if you could speak a little bit more to singing that secular music and what do you think a your mom would do? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely I can. And I, and I told you, even growing up, I, I always, I, I had a, and even in my teenage years, even in my, even in my tween years, I've always had um, such a, 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 an interest 
in, in listening to other genres of music. And so while, you know, our, our background is, it, 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 it's truly the, the African-American quartets and, and even uh, the, the secular music that we listen to, we, we came up in the time when um, um, singers like Sam Cooke and all, they, they were singing gospel and then they went to secular uh, music. Uh, Mavis Staples and the Staples singers, they started mm -hmm. out Possible. Then they went to the secular music, but I've always, I've always been just fascinated with, um, uh, with the, with the, with the tones and and the harmonies of, of e even even country music, and 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 that's not by happenstance. When you live in in in, we we spent a lot of our time on my grandma at my grandma's. Uh, uh, she got a farm there in Douglas, Georgia, not too far from the cotton plantation. You know where all of them were born, and so the only stations there are Southern gospel stations. There are no black artists on the radio there. It's only Southern gospel. And so I grew up listening uh, to Southern gospel, um, the, the cathedrals uh, quartet, um, the heavy Goodman singers. I, I, I grew up listening to that. And so what was so wonderful about um, John Lohman and Virginia Folklife and Virginia Humanities um, adding us to their roster um, for the folk festivals, it, it gave me a chance once again to reconnect with um, with the country music, with bluegrass, with with other you know other other genres and and people who are not you know not they're not black. They're you know, we're, we're we're making friends and I'm getting to hear their music all over again. And so the secular music that's on there now, some of it the the Bill Withers song, Grandma's Hands. I, I got to tell you. I've always, I, I loved that song be, because it reminded me of my grandmother and, and her grandma's hands. And, 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 and so for, for us, some of those songs were just, um, they just, they were birthed out of our, our life experiences. And they're not that far from the gospel songs that we sing. Um, there's another song on there, I've Endured, uh, written by Ola Bell Reed, and, and, and that's, uh, that's purely a group uh, bluegrass uh, music. But what we did, um, the story just parallels my mom's story and her struggles so much that um, I said, okay, so I'm going to put an Ingramette spin on this song. But I, did not, I didn't change her lyrics. I, I added some at the end. I sang her lyrics, and then I added some at the end because her song says, I've endured, but it, it doesn't tell you how she's endured. So at the end, I, I put some of my lyrics in there and, and that said, here is how you can endure. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that sort of thing. So I, I had just a marvelous time. Uh, listening to the music and helping uh, to evolve, help, helping the music to evolve and helping our group to evolve by singing it because this was a challenge for them. This is the first time some of them have sang this type of music as well. Is that something you applied for those festivals or did uh, were you sought after? Uh, we were actually sought after. Ooh. Uh, Congratulations. 
Oh, yeah. When the National Richmond Folk Festival came here, um, uh, there was a young man um, working for uh, the National Council, NCTA in Washington, and uh, he was from Richmond. And so they were getting ready to do the National Festival here. And they said, okay, you're from Richmond. And he said, oh, no, if you're going to Richmond, you got to get Maggie Ingram and the Ingramettes. Mm -hmm. and, and this history. So we did the we did the first year of the National uh, folk festival and through that um other people heard oh. and and now we, we you know we've gotten invitations uh through that so that's really awesome what a compliment thank you so i guess one of the last questions i wanted to get into was that i haven't asked you much about your experiences with the civil rights movement because i didn't want to make you tell the same stories a million times or go into anything that was painful to recall but as you were saying, Not a no. <laughs> um, so yeah, feel free to speak to this in however you'd like, but uh, it's obvious these experiences I, have impacted your music. So listen, I am a product of, of, of pre-South. So you, you know, I, I told you my mom moved the family from Miami to Richmond in 1961. And um, in 1961, there is that leads from Miami to Richmond. We've got old 301, Route 301, which came through every every little town through Georgia and Northern and South Carolina. So so now even at a young age, you know, we grow up seeing the whites only signs and, and you know that sort of thing, just getting here uh, to Richmond. We told all of our friends, Rachel, that we were moving to the north. We did not know that Richmond was the capital of the Confederacy until <laughs> until we got here. And so, and so what 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 has what has happened you know once once we got here we just we we continued we continued on to sing sing the counties and things that we yeah we did experience we did experience racism and we did uh and and for that cause this this is so this is so cool when we got here uh, my mom uh, went to the employment agency to to get a job as a domestic, which is all she was really trained to do. And and she got a job. They sent her. They said, listen, we got somebody. We've got a lawyer and his wife and their son, and they need a housekeeper. And so my mom winds up getting a job at the home of none other than Oliver W. Hill Sr., who, who yeah, she was their maid for many years who is now working on this civil rights legislation. We didn't know that. So oh. she, she tells him, hey, I got my kids, they sing. And so he's like, Maggie, bring the kids over and I, I'm gonna have a group of guys here. We're gonna be working on some paperwork. And uh, when we stop for dinner, bring the kids over and let them sing. And so we're there singing for Thurgood Marshall and <laughs> oh my God. it's mind boggling. I, we didn't know, we just knew we were at Mr. Hill's house, you know. You know, because he loved to hear us sing. And so, but mom, mom has always been that way about just doing the right thing, about just doing the right thing. It, it wasn't so much that, you know, yes, I'm going to be a civil rights activist. It was, it was, no, we're going to do, we're going to do the right thing. We're going to try to help wherever we can. But yes, we did. We, we, we had no idea of the importance of the work that was going on in Oliver W. Hill's house, not at the time. We really didn't. 
but um, we were we were hung around Richmond here long enough to see changes being made and 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 black mayors being elected and and, and, and you know going from the city manager to the mayor uh, form of government and, and, and so it just you know we've lived through all of that and I, I speak with my grandchildren about that a lot uh, you know about just here in Richmond uh, about how historically things have changed but we have been a part of that uh, I have continued to do that um, and 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 to lend my voice wherever it could not too long was invited to Virginia uh, when they discovered uh, when they unearthed the um, slave remains there while they were extending the cemetery for the presidents of the university and I was there I uh, they asked me to come and and to, to sing at a memorial service there for them. And I, I was able to do that, uh, even when they had the trouble there in Charlottesville. The Ingramette went to the Bicentennial. We were invited and um, uh, to sing there. And one of the songs we did at the end of our set was We Shall Overcome, right there on the grounds uh, in front of the rotunda where all of that problem uh, there in Charlottesville with the KKK had taken place not too long ago. But once again, just an extension of ministry, not because I was trying to make some type of political statement. I, I just wanted to be a part of, of, of making, just well, making someone feel more hopeful, just letting them know that, that hope does not fail. So it, it's just been a natural outgrowth of our singing ministry. Wow, that's, that's so powerful. Um, just to close things out, I guess I would say, uh, what is something you'd like this newer generation that like you mentioned, um, you know, at the beginning of the interview to understand about this history, but also for older audience members, what would you like them to understand about the civil rights movement? Because I'd, maybe, I'd like for them, yeah. Yeah, or, I, I, would, I would like for this younger generation, what I'd like for them to, to know is that, that you, you are not, you are not celebrated for the things that you gather to yourself. If, if you want to be remembered, if you, if you want your life to make a difference, it is, it is because you have served, because you have served others, because you have made their lives better. And I, I, I hope that's, uh, that, that, the, that comes through in the songs that we've done on the album, the family prayer. Um, that's a, you know, that was a ritual in our house on Sunday morning. Everything will be all right when Jesus comes. And that doesn't mean you got to die and go to heaven for things to be all right. But it'll be all right if you just do your part to make things better. You may, you, you know, you can't do everything for everybody. But whatever you can do, you must do. You must step up. And you must do that and not just think about what's in it, you know, for yourself. I'm hoping that we have honored my mom's memory. And, and not only that, even with the songs, even with the secular songs that we put on there, even with the grandma's hands and, and I've endured uh, the country music songs. Uh, there's a song on there called Rock of Ages, but it just reminded me it, it, it was done by the Stanley brothers uh, here in Virginia. But it reminded me of a song that we used to sing called Will the Circle Be Unbroken? And so that somehow we are all in, in, inextricably connected together. And uh, that our lives touch each other's lives, even when we don't mean to do it on purpose, that, that we, our lives do touch each other and that we do make a difference in, in each other's lives. And what we, how we live our lives, it does affect other people. It's a ripple effect there. And that, that ripple might not reach out for two or three generations, but believe me, how you live your life, it makes a difference. And that's what I, I, that's what I want uh, people to know when they listen to take a look in the book, 
Uh, you'll find the answer to every problem if you take a look in the book. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, especially with everything that's going on. I think uh, that's really beautiful advice for stay the hopeful, moment we're stay in. Stay hopeful, Rachel. Stay hopeful. What you're doing is so important, sharing this with people and, and, and how wonderful that we get to do something wonderful on social media. It gets amazing. <laughs> Time, but man, are we loving it now? It's got <laughs> oh yeah, keeping <laughs> us connected. I love right. it. Right when the internet works. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for this little piece of ministry right now. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. Come on out. They can go to our website www.legendaryingramets.com and hear some good music and 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 stop by and and chat with us there.
So you heard it here. Take care of each other. In music we trust. In music we believe. See you next week. All original content is copyright Adobe and Teardrops. All original music is copywritten by their respective artists.